When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, we, we also do a King Diamond show, and uh, I know you had like an issue with King Diamond, and you met, mentioned Merciful Fate, so would you want to tell your Merciful Fate King Diamond story? Okay. I'll, I'm going to tell my whole Merciful Fate story way before it and right after it, just to give you the whole fucking uh, full view. Cool, because I'm going to my, girl, my girlfriend, right My girlfriend, the son of my mother, she passed away now, Carrie, she uh, called me one day and said, listen to this, and she put it over the phone. It was Corpse Without a Soul, the song. And I'm like, wow, that's fucking killer. What is it? It sounds like Priest. She goes, it's Merciful Fate. She goes, this guy's wearing makeup. He's got a fucking upside-down crossbone and shit. I'm like, oh, my God, now I'm fucking 14 years old or whatever it was. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. And she's like, yeah, my girlfriend Alex, her cousin, just brought it from overseas. So she taped it for me, and I fell in love with that first fucking EP. Now, the day Melissa came out, they signed to Megaforce in the United States after they'd been on Rave on Records with the first one. Now, I'd been in touch with their manager, which was a guy named John Kibble. He sent me posters and all this shit, buttons. I still got the first Merciful Fate fan club patch and button from that time and everything. And then he told me it was coming out this day. I went to the store. I bought Melissa. Fucking loved the fuck out of it. It was killer. And I was like, when are these motherfuckers going to come to America? And everybody was falling in love with Merciful Fate. So don't break the oath. They come to America. They're, they're on tour with Exciter. I go see him on a Sunday matinee for five fucking dollars. Exciter's on violence and force. They're on Don't Break the Oath. Four days later, that was in Maryland, in, like around Baltimore, Maryland. Four days later, they played in D.C. And they added Motorhead to the bill, and it was like 12 bucks or 8 bucks to get in. Wow. So we saw that on the no, – they were on the No Remorse, the, the leather record thing. So we saw them twice. Now, when we saw them the first time at Coast to Coast, it was called, I played pool with King Diamond at the fucking – at the thing. And I was like, yeah, my name's fucking King. And he was trying to tell me his real name was Kim and all this shit and all this weird shit. And I was like, okay, well, you know, so we, we, made, we bonded sort of, you know. And I was like, yeah, King. And so they did the fucking Don't Break the Oath tour. We, we all know they broke up after Don't Break the Oath for a bunch of years. Well, on In the Shadows, they came back. And on In the Shadows, they, they played. And I went to meet them. And I said, hey, remember me, King? And I know the guy's seen everybody around the world, so I'm not expecting him to remember me. But he's a dick. He's just kind of like a push-you-away jerk-off by now. So I was like, all right, whatever. So some guys gave me a copy of their 7-inch to give to him. They said, hey, man, you, you can go backstage in this club, man. Can you give this to him? So I handed him a 7-inch. They were fucking driving away that night. He took the fucking 7-inch and threw it off the fucking out the window of the bus and smashed it. And he was, like, laughing about it. And the guys were like, damn. And they were, like, so upset. And I was like, I, was like, I don't know. He was being a dick to me, too. Whatever. So then, I, I don't know if it was, like, nine or dead again. Now, this is where my story goes to. When Merciful Fate records used to come out, they were a fucking event. You would live for that moment. Oh, my God, new Merciful Fate Tuesday. Can't wait. Well, then it became kind of, it became very generic to the point where I was like, what is this? Dead Again or Nine or what was that song? Ten Men in a Bottle of Rum or some shit. I don't know what it was. Okay. And I was like, it, it wasn't that good anymore. And I've never thought King Diamond Solo was that good. I thought it was my style of music, but I thought a lot of the songs were forgettable. It was kind of like uh, Kitchen Sink. But anyway. So we went to play a show with them, Deceased played, and we got there, and they had this little stairway on stage. It was literally this fold-out stair, and I said, well, we need to set the drums here because I sing and play. We need to have a place for the drums because that's where the monitors were in the place, 
the, the, the Rollies went over and asked him. He was like, absolutely not. Fuck no. No way. And he was just a dick. And I was like, what the fuck? So I was like, dude, this folds up. It goes over here. We play our set. And then you fucking play. And that's it. He would not do it. He was a fucking just, I mean, he was a prick. He wasn't a dick. It's a fucking asshole about this whole fucking thing. He was just a diva. So when we were on stage, I started going off between songs on the microphone. Because I had to play to the fucking side where there was no monitors. And I was the drummer singer then for the see. So it was a fucking mess to, for, to hear the other guys in the band. Just imagine the drummer off right in the, uh, on stage, you know, and everybody else is in the middle. And you're on the back right with no, with no monitors. There's no front monitors because you're set to the right now. But anyway, so I was like, you know, I won't break the loaf, but I'll break your fucking jaw, motherfucker, and stick that fucking upside down dick up your ass. And I would all this shit, right? So when the show was over, the roadies come over to me, they're roadies. And they're like, man, they're like, dude, they we're laughing so fucking hard at that. And I was like yelling like, merciful fate, where's the real merciful fate? Where's Kim Ruz? And all this shit. Oh, you got this sixth rate fucking European soccer team for players and shit. And I don't know what I did, but he, he did, he did not like it at all. He was, he was upset, and I just fucking left. And after that, I said, you know what? Fuck this, dude. Because at that time, we were dealing with so many rock stars in the underground. So many bands were just acting like fucking dicks and divas. And I thought this was the underground. We were all equal, but I guess not. So that was the end of it for me. And I thought the musical output since was bad. And I just, I, you know, him selling his fucking win a date with King Diamond, go drink grape wine for $500 at a table and shit like that. I think that's just fucking stupid. So that's that's my fucking story with Merciful Fate. I mean, the other guys, Michael Denner, all those guys, I talked to him. Cool as shit, man. I mean, nice guys. But, I mean, King Diamond is the band, as you know. And I just, I don't know. Some people can separate the shit. And if the music was good, maybe I would too. But I just, it, it makes me not want to play it. And I, I still say the first EP and the first two albums are perfect. 10, 10, 10. And In the Shadows is about a nine. You know, when I first came back, but then after that, it's like fours and fives, you know, threes and fours. Mm -hmm. And um, that's pretty much it. You know, if it's childish, then it's childish. But, I mean, I don't appreciate shit like that. Man. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a professional guy, too. People were there to see us, too. We charged money, or we asked people to pay money to see us on that bill, and we couldn't even give them our proper show because of that. We've dealt with them. We, I think we had just also dealt with Six Feet Under with the same kind of fucking treatment and shit. And I was just tired of it, dude. And if you guys haven't noticed, I don't shut up. So, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I totally get it. You know, it's Barnes. a bad experience. <laughs> At least King Diamond carries a band. Chris Barnes doesn't have shit. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. But you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, we're older now. Whatever. I don't wish nobody death or anything like that. Back then, I wanted to hit him over the head with an upside down uh, fucking hammer. But fucking now, I don't care. <laughs> I just don't care. I mean, just whatever. But I, but you know, it it, it 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 does for me. I'm so passionate. It does for me. It makes me feel like um, it makes me feel like my heart's hurt from it. You know, it's like it, it really is. It's like if Voivod were dicks to me. You know, my buddies seen them 51 times. If they were dicks, I'd feel crushed. You know, mm, it's just yeah. who I am. That's how I am. I'm nice to anybody that's nice to me, you know. I don't fucking go out of my way to treat anybody like shit. And, you know, and Deceased ain't no no big head honcho anywhere, but we've been doing this 35 years, and we go out, we have bands that look up to us now for whatever reason or just, you know, give us respect for how long we've been doing this. And I try to get, you know, I'm like, here, you're here too, man. Use, use the stage, use the banner, use the lights, use the whatever you want to do. But I've said people like, no, 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 don't look there. Don't look these people in the eye. Don't do that. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this?
Welcome back to This Broadcast Belongs to Them. Hi, everybody. It's been a long time. Hey. Hi. Hi. I hey, hey. No, I still haven't changed my wardrobe since last time. Yeah. Me neither. Yeah. I was actually worried because I, I ate before we did the show. I was eating a hamburger and all the juice from the burger dripped all over, <laughs> all over my shirt. And I'm like, son of a bitch. And I couldn't get it off. I said, oh, man, it's not going to, it's going to show up on the screen, but I guess I got it out enough because I don't see it. So well, you know, being a Ghostbuster is just my part-time job, so I wear this shirt a lot. We can't tell what that is. I can't see you. Oh, we see your frilly yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's, shades there. It's Bankman, yeah. Oh, that's great, man. That's great. I thought we got to metal up that room. Get rid of uh, those frills. Man, yeah. I'm not buying curtains. <laughs> I'll rent, motherfucker. This is a Facebook special right here. I saw this advertised on Facebook like 47 times. Wow. And I just had to get it. Reading is fun. I like the oh, okay. Russell Fate shirt. It's cool. Yeah, I, bought special it, too. I bought it for $3.99 at some guy I didn't know about. <laughs> <laughs> is that one of those Facebook specials? Yeah. That's All right. Bad. Yeah, it is good. The only other person I've ever seen wore it is the uh, drummer from Machine Head, um, Chris Contos. Oh, didn't he die? No. That some the drummer. Somebody machine, from Machine Head died, the though. The original drummer of Machine Head died just the other day. Yep. That. Yep. Yeah. That it. Rouse right. Twenty twenty sucks. Machine Head drummer. The original Machine Head, the guy that played on Burn My Eyes. Oh. Um. And David Ann. Oh, Tony Costanza. Costanza. Tony Costanza. I thought it was that guy. All right, never mind. <laughs> Today we are doing Merciful Fate Side 2 of Time. And we will start with The Preacher, Greg's favorite song off this album. Right, Greg? My least favorite song <laughs> on this album. It's, uh, it's, it's not horrible, it's listenable, but it's just there. I mean, um, you know, it's, it's Hank and Michael and King Diamond and Snowy Shaw, so it, it's a really tight, really well-played song. It's just, it's not that interesting. It's one of the only Merciful Fate tracks I would ever call a filler track, but this is definitely it. Just boring. Wow. Lisa, the faces you're making. I think he's lost his damn mind, because that riff is just so heavy. You know, that riff is just so heavy. You know, there's not as much going on in this song. Like you said, it's not as rich and varied as some of these other tunes and not as multi-movement. But it's just that riff, man. And sometimes when the you know the band drops out and he just plays that riff again, it's just bluesy, it's heavy, it's real proto, it's kind of Sabbathy in a way. I fucking love it. Right, but I mean, you know, Sabbath, Tony Iommi can take a single riff like a National Acrobat. That's one of my favorite songs they do, but they all kind of come together to make that interesting. That just doesn't happen for me here. It's a great riff. Which, by the way, Greg, I am the biggest Sabbath nerd, and I'll tell you something that'll shock you. A National Acrobat is a Geezer Butler riff. Can you believe it? Really? I don't know about the other parts. Like, you better believe it. That might be. But that opening riff, that's how yep. good. Butler riff. It's it shocked me, too, when I found out. 
Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that's cool, though. You know, thinking about it, it does kind of sound like something you would play on a bass, though. It's yeah. 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 Really cool. Ralph, is, is Greg wrong, or is he right? Uh, he's wrong, and so am I. Uh, <laughs> I think the song has a killer solo, but I think this song is surrounded by better songs. It is my least favorite on the album. So Greg and I are wrong. Lisa, you're right. You are correct. Well, ding, not, ding, I, don't ding, ding. I don't think it's one of the best songs on the album, but I like it. I think it's just heavy AF. Uh, Lisa, would you say? Would you say even though you like it, would it be your least favorite, or do you think there's another song on here not as good? I would say it's not my least favorite. Okay, cool. All right. So I will save my least favorite. Ooh. I'll, I'll uh, tell you when you get to it. I'm going to say it's a decent song. I like the double bass because uh, it's the first time they used double bass pretty much throughout a whole song almost. Uh, I really like the guitar solo after the first verse. Uh, some really cool drum patterns going on in the middle of the song. Yep. I'm not my favorite off the album, but I would not skip it. So, decent song. Next song, Lady in Black. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, this one, uh, I like the music more than I actually like the vocals. Uh, the drums really stick out to me on this one. Some nice double bass work again. And I like how many uh, changes Snowy does in some of the uh, middle of the song, some of the drum patterns that he changes around. But good song. I like uh, the chorus and everything. So good stuff. For me, this is the Motics. Oh, sorry. At least it can go. That's all right. Okay. For me, this is the most exciting drumming I've heard on a Marshall Fade album since Kim Roz. This song, he just, Snowy just makes it amazing on this song. But, um, you know, even though I agree with you, Wayne, the vocals are a little weird here, but I love it. And just for as progressive and as far-reaching as this track gets, that's the musically, that's the most important part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think with the vocals, I noticed they may, they might have, they might have auto-tuned him, and they should have auto-tuned him. I think mm-hmm. it would have. I think it would have because he's he's pitchy on this tune, oh. so you know, and he's often auto tuned. Uh, everybody <gasps> is hit a certain note. We all are when we what? do backups with ourselves. We're all you know we find notes, but yeah, there's some parts where they probably could have auto tuned. And he's kind of in that whiny <laughs> of his voice, you know, that he has. But I think yeah, it's a beautiful song. It's it's a trippy song in some ways. It's really. Um, I don't know. It's very cool. It's very dreamy. Uh, I love. I love the ending. Through the dark, shining bright with faith, yeah, really cool away. I love that, and it just kind of has this uh, this old kind of like a rainbow, almost a Dio quality of just a, a mystical kind of a song. So yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like Guy, how it ends the, like that too. I think it's pretty unique, actually. You know, this song is a perfect example of how King Diamond blends his falsetto with his normal voice. Uh, To me, this is one of the best songs on the album. And and, uh, Dark Tranquility does a cover. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. That's right. I'll have to check that out. Now, you're all frozen. Was I frozen? A little bit, but we heard you. Dark Tranquility. 
I gotcha. check that out. Yeah, I've never heard of that uh, before. I've heard very few King Diamond or Merciful Fate covers. It's weird that, you know, they, they cover this song because it's kind of obscure and stuff. But Yeah. I mean, it sounds like Dark Tranquil, but uh, yeah, they cover this actually. Very cool. Check it out, everybody. Uh, next song, The Mirror. Oh, like mm-hmm. um, not a bad song. Again, uh, nothing really sticks out too much for me on this one. Uh, I usually don't skip it, but it's not one of those I gotta hear. Uh, still a decent song. The lyrics, I like the lyrics and how he sings the chorus. It's about it on this one. Ralph. I think the solo in this song that starts the song. Yeah. I love it. But it is kind of like I can see it be a filler, but killer filler. Straightforward yeah. metal. I dig it. I like me. Especially that solo in the beginning. That's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa? I, lo- I love this song. I think it's a super catchy chorus. I think I, that's one thing about the songs on this is I just see the name of the song or I hear a, yeah, you know a lyric and then I remember I remember all of that and uh, yeah I think it's great the so, that, like you said uh, the the, uh, the solo's killer um, the story it's a cool story it kind of sounds like a story that would be on um, the first King Diamond uh, Fatal Portrait reminds me of a Fatal Portrait kind of kind of kind of a story so yeah I love this song I love I love all these songs on this video. I love this video. I can tell. Greg? Thankman? Uh like like Ralph said, uh my favorite part is definitely that opening solo or the first solo there. And uh it's a good song. It's very catchy. It's one of the ones I remember the most because the chorus is actually so damn catchy. But uh other than it just being a really good straight ahead heavy metal song, there's not much I really have to say about it. It's probably one of the least dynamic numbers. Yeah. <laughs> well, one, of the, one more thing that I like about this song, I forgot, is just in the in the verses, what Snowy Shaw does. And it's just really driving. It's really un, unusual. Oh, that's right, that is this song. He starts with that snare. Bucket to bucket to bucket to bucket. And it's just like punching you in the face. Snowy just kicks ass on this song. He does. So that's one thing that I, I like about it. I'm glad you mentioned that, Lisa, because I remembered wrong. I actually thought that was part of the next song, so I'm really glad you said that before I made an ass of myself. Ah, <laughs> and then the and then the and then see the the chorus is or the verse is like bunging and bunging and bunging and bunging, and then it goes to halftime in the chorus. So yeah. it's odd. It's it's kind of unusual that way. There's this you know tension and release. I really like that. I think that's good songwriting. That it is. That's that's the one thing I really like. This album has Snowy on it, and he adds a lot of drum yes. patterns on here that you know a lot of drummers can't do. He's just like a free-forming drum solo, whatever person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the way he played drums. He doesn't really, I mean, he puts thought into it, but he just plays. Like when we had when we were doing an interview with him, when he plays like the older songs, he doesn't play them exactly. He plays them how he feels. You know, mm-hmm. to play them, you know, he's not a copy cat, you know, which is cool. Uh, next song, Afterlife. Uh, again, this one, uh, I really like uh, the lyrics and the music. Uh, my favorite part is the guitar solos in between the uh, chorus. You know, when he sings, sings like one line, then the guitar 
uh, chords in there, and then he sings the next line, and they put that little guitar lick in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me too. Yes, I couldn't. Yes, that part. Yes, one. That's my favorite part in the whole song. Me too. But it's a good song. Very good song. Uh, Greg. Yep, I concur. I really don't have anything to add. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you covered the only part, my favorite part. So. <laughs> yeah. Very memorable, Ralph. I, I love uh, I love how this song like um, fluctuates with the mellow and then the metallic assault and then the mellow. And I think King sounds amazing on this song. Uh, and I heard this song is an uh, is autobiographical about King Diamond. Oh really? Really? That's what I heard. Yeah, I heard this song is about him. So, but yeah, it's a cool song. I dig it. After. I like I, I like how they kept this toward the end too, yeah. because um, it's a great song. You know, it keeps you interested. You know, I like when they I like when I get albums that have cool songs toward the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of times albums, albums start fizzling out towards the end, but it makes it interesting when they keep building up. You know. Yeah, so it, it's very welcomed. Yeah, Lisa. It's ser- and it serves as a really nice lead-in for the next track too. You know, mm-hmm. where it kind of builds it back up. Castillo de Muerte. So I, I, about the afterlife, and it's a Hank Sherman tune. Mm. But I think, you know, when you write a song and you bring it into the studio, a lot of times the producer is going to add things. The drummer is going to add, the musicians are going to add things. And so I get this, I get this kind of a collective uh, sense about how this song was, was, finally arranged and constructed and i think this is the best uh arranged and constructed song on the album i think it's just you know the quietness of why am i here in a quiet mortuary and when they add the they add the a harmony the second time around with the bells and you know way he that scream when i scream and how he changed it up the second time i think this song is just a masterpiece of not only songwriting but arrangement and studio and just everything came together to make a really great so i'm like oh god which is my favorite song that's what i like about this album i go no this one's my favorite no this one but i i probably say this one is i think this is the most masterful song on the from from my opinion. Very cool. No, I could see it. It's a good song. I like it. Unfortunately, it's the last song I like. I do not like Castillo. You say pronounce it again, uh, Ralph. Castillo del del Mortis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To me, this one kind of reminds me of the mad era just kind of all over the place seems like a bunch of parts just thrown into some song just to try to get a song to work and it just i don't know just doesn't work the only part i like in this whole thing is the end with the acoustic guitar and king talking over again wow i don't like this song this one is a skip all the time you just have to turn it off you don't have to skip it that's true last (laughs) round I love it. I love this song, but then again, you're right. I'm wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> uh, it, you, know, you know what I find very interesting about this song was like how is this, that it bothers me to today. I'm like, dude, this sounds like something wrong. 
You know, it sounds like, you know, this progressive that only Rush would do that type of thing. And, I, and okay. you know, like, kind of like uh, uh, La Vida Estrangiado, but it's not that song, but it's got that, that, that I'm still convinced there is a Rush song out there that, that has that, I can't find out what it is. But I love this song. I think it's a cool closer to a very underrated album. So I give it uh, three Castillos de Mortes. <laughs> Lisa? Well, you know, I like the song. I think it's badass. I think it's schlocky in a lot of ways. You know, nine units of demons and all of that stuff. Yeah. However, I think you are bing, 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 bing. You are right wing on many measures in that uh whereas other songs have all these different multi-movements and they're seamlessly sewed together and they have cool segues where this one is like hey let's just put these it's like jigsaw puzzle parts right. that don't quite fit together yeah. so yeah there's a bit of that i think this song could have been uh i think they could have worked i think they could have worked it out a little bit more i think it could have used a little more work but yeah, I still I still enjoy. It. I think it rocks. But uh, also, I, I'm not a fan of having vocals that just match the lick of the yeah. guitar. And everybody's doing the same thing. It's it sounds like lazy songwriting to me. In this way, it kind of works. But yeah, I don't know. It's it is my least favorite on the album, even though. I still like the song. It's a very strange tune. Yeah, it's a weird song. And his singing bothers me too on this because he's just all over the place. Like you say, he's trying to file that riff, but then in another part, he's doing something different, and it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. Weird. Greg? I love it. Of course. It's heavy, do. it's wrong. different, and it's wackier than hell. It <laughs> reminds me, it, it's, it's like King and the rest of the boys were channeling Frank Zappa that day. <laughs> no wonder why you like it. I mean, I like weird yeah. shit too, but I don't know. Just not for me. Anything else you want to add? No. All right. Good. No. All right. Well, so what are we all gonna like say about this album? I mean, we like it. How about we rate this album? What would you rate it, Lisa? I'm gonna give it a nine. I love this album. And and if if Castillo del Mortes was a better song, I'd almost give this record a 10. Yeah. Ralph? Uh, I'd give it uh, uh yeah, roughly a nine as well. Uh I will I look, I love the sound, but I, I like in the shadows more. But I love the sound. It's a little more to me, it's kind of like it doesn't because in the shadows had a lot of elements of 80s fate. With this one, they're kind of branching out, which is cool. And I love that about this album. But I, know I have a more sentimental uh, uh, In the Shadows. But after In the Shadows, this will be my, my favorite. This is my second favorite of the reunion stuff. Yeah. So I do love this album. And I think it's grossly underrated, actually. Yeah, it is. Like I said, a lot of people don't like this album. But I don't know why. Yeah. Greg? Especially Tony Morgan. I... <laughs> Um, well, while not my favorite, I definitely think it's the best album they did in the 90s. Really? Yeah. It's a really, really strong record. I'd give it a 9, too. 
but not for Castillo Del Morte's. If the preacher was more interesting, it could be a 10. But, <laughs> but I'm wrong, and I can live with that. I'm so, wrong, too. We're all wrong. We're all we're wrong. All, all space. But, um, <clears throat> and part of that reason is also like what Ralph said. That, uh, even though the songwriting is a little stiff at points on In the Shadows, it has that 80s fate vibe where this sounds more like the band reborn. Yeah. yeah. And so their next incarnation. Yeah. Venturing right. out, trying new things. Uh, I'm going to give it an eight. Because of Damn Mad Arab and that last song, Castillo mm-hmm. de Mortes. They didn't, if they weren't on there, it'd probably be a 10. So. Right on. Yeah. All right. Shake your head. Well, I've enjoyed, uh, you know, I'm glad you, you asked me to do this because I've really enjoyed revisiting this because I was in a band, uh, like a top 40 hard rock band that traveled around uh, the Puget Sound area in the 90s. So when this album was new, we were, you know, I had a cassette and it was in the car and we just drove it for, I mean, we would just roll it over and over and listen to it over and over again, this album. So it was so nice to cut. It was my driving music, man. So it's so nice to come back to it. Yeah. Cool shit. Oh, you know what? And and I we should have did this earlier. The EP. Oh, the Bell Witch. The Bell Witch EP. Oh, the Bell Witch. Yeah, I almost forgot about that one. Yeah, a couple live songs and just mm-hmm. tracks from. Is that you, Melissa? Yeah, just the one. Yeah. Nothing you, new. No, nothing new. Were you at that show though, Ralph? Was that the one you were at? No, but the Bell Witch video. Uh, all oh, the that's... indoor. That's I was at that show. Yeah. yeah. Greg, you want to say anything about the EP? I love the live tracks on it, and that's actually this lineup that's on the Time album. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, you don't get anything from Time on it, but they do do Egypt from uh, In the Shadows, and it's only four songs, but it's a cool little live EP. I mean, the the studio tracks are what they are. They didn't really need to be on there, but. No. <laughs> I love Snowy's uh, drumming on that too with the um, Come to the Sabbath and uh, Egypt. He he does a really good job on those older songs. I love how he sounds on Curse of the Pharaohs. Curse of the That's Pharaohs. my yeah. favorite of the live tracks. Yeah. I, but, uh, I haven't heard that forever. Yeah. I have it on CD, but I've not heard that forever. Me neither. Yeah, I love the live part, so I actually listen to that quite a bit. That's uh, re- really solid. <laughs> yep, definitely go check that out. Uh, you can still find it somewhere but uh, that is it for now Um, we are back with Michael Denner talking about his time recording time Time. and Lisa where can everybody go buy your t-shirt and your patches and your CDs you can buy white crone goodies from uh, whitecrone.bandcamp.com Really cool. Ralph, where can we find you? Here on Miami Beach is where I live. Oh, yeah, that's right. Almost Human on YouTube, the Air Podcast, Dr. Fuck Show on um, on that metal station every Thursday night at 8, 8 p.m. And I highly recommend the new onslaught, Generation Antichrist. Best damn album I heard so far in 2020. Fuck yeah. Get it. 
That's Thank right. You. And check out oh, Ralph's and debut. White White Poisoner. Check that shit out. Thank awesome. you. And check out Ralph's interview with Nine Rocket, because that was pretty fucking rad. Yeah, dude. Thanks to Wayne for hooking that up. Right on. No problem. All right. And you will catch us, me and Greg, on our regular show, RatsoundReview.com, every week. And that's all I can say. We will see you next week. Smack them about. <laughs> Bye. All right. So after In the Shadows, you did Time. Now, was there anything yeah. different about this album besides not having Timmy there? And now you got now you're actually playing with Snowy, and um, you got the new bassist. Uh, it was Charlie D'Angelo, right? Yeah. yeah. The thing with that album is, um, uh, I received the tape of the demos uh, Hank and and, uh, and King did for that album. You know, the preparation for the album. And uh, I'm, I must admit, it was the most disappointing uh, part uh, of of my work with these guys. You know, mm. these two. Uh, I was very disappointed. Uh, really? It, it, yeah, it was. Uh, it was more. It was more popish, and uh, the songs were weaker. And it was like, oh, I, I, I was really disappointed. Of course, it helped. Uh, you know, when I when I went to Dallas and we recorded the songs, you know, and rearranged something, you know, brought in some briefings here and there, then it, it became better. But uh, it, it, oh. it, in my book, it's the weakest uh, of of uh, the most faking album, King Diamond albums I've done. Wow, in my, in my opinion, and a lot of people disagree because yeah. there's some very uh, melodic songs, you know, e- easy to dig into. Uh, but for me, it, 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 the album lacked uh, what Merciful Fate is all about uh, yeah. in, in, in most parts, you know. But but that's my opinion, you know. Yeah. Of course, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I love I, the album, but I, I do hear, you know, definitely what you're saying. Yeah, okay. I I I I hear what he's saying and i agree a little bit too while i do like time um you know i liked into the unknown better and when that video for the uninvited guest came out and i first saw that i was like oh okay merciful yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah he also changed the the, uh he changed the guitar sound uh tone on that album too into the unknown uh yeah we changed a bit um yeah what happened really Uh, i'm not quite sure and I, I might have, it must have, it could have been at that point where I got the deal with uh, Laney. Mm. I had this, this sponsorship from the uh, Laney amps, so it could have changed the sound a bit. Yeah, mm. could, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that sure about what happened there. But I, I was quite, I, I was quite pleased with the Into the Unknown uh, compared to Time, because mm-hmm. then we were back in, in the more, a bit more beefy and heavy songs, you know, songwriting. Yeah, yes. But uh, then again. Yeah, I'm out of taste. You know, I I, I prefer that. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I like time. Of course, you got Snowy on drums on that one, so that's that's why that oh, was yeah. my favorite. So he does a lot of crazy stuff in that. Um... Oh yeah, also on that one, but uh, but he he definitely shines on uh, on the the Dennis Sherman uh, uh, records. Oh yeah. Because then he had full full control of uh, what he could play whatever he liked. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, you can hear that very clearly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, definitely. this guy is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then for oh, the in- what, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, oh yeah, I love uh, dude, Masters of Evil. You guys play so well off each other on that. <laughs> oh yeah, it's about. I mean, uh, Hank always make me uh, do do the very best I can. 
he's he's so he gave me so much inspiration and and belief in the, in in me and in my playing. You know, said he made he's the only guy in the world who can say this is uh, you you thought that was good, Michael. No, do it again. And he's <laughs> nine out of ten times he's right. <laughs> if anyone else say that, I will be very upset. <laughs> I mean, do you know who you are talking to? But not not in, in the case with Hank. You know. He he knows exactly what to bring out of me, you know, and that's uh, that's why I love to play with him. Was everybody else happy with time though? Because uh, you know, obviously you weren't. So how did everybody else? Um, it? I, it, that's a difficult question to ask. Uh, mm. to, I mean, to, uh, I, I think yeah, Hank is not uh, these days when we talk about it. Uh, he have a bit of the same feeling as I I do. Mm-hmm. But uh, way back then, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. So why, 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 why do it then? If if, yeah, if yeah, you could yeah. feel there's something weak going on here, you know? yeah. so. Well, yeah. you, you signed a contract, so I guess you gotta you have to put the album out. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, it it turned out okay. I mean, yeah, it's not a bad it, album in any way, no, but uh, but I mean, there's a few songs on it that were, were a bit. Can I say too, too poppish in, in my in my your, taste? You know, what was your least yeah. favorite? Oh, don't! <laughs> this is I a trap, man. Because they're writers, <laughs> they're people who wrote these songs, you know. Uh, and and That's I don't right. want to. They're I mean, not going to listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't be too sure about that, man. But <laughs> they'll never but, be a merciful fate. Hey, you're not going to go back in merciful fate again anyway, so it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not allowed to. <laughs> I know. So as I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Let, let's see. I, I, I cannot remember the titles of these songs. Oh, but they, 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 yeah, but there were a few. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll give it to you. All right, fine. <laughs> What?